Welcome to Adventuring Dimwits and Hyperactive Dragons. In our first session, we start the story of Haskell, a tiefling rogue who has been ripped from their home in hell to a world thought completely cut off from all other worlds and planes of existence. Haskell is played by Jackie. They are new to D&D and tabletop role-playing games in general, so prepare for some extra role explanations and a little bit of rough audio for the first couple sessions while we get our feet under us and kick off this story. Okay, you said for how long? I think we figured we've been there for about a month or two. Um, okay. Long enough to kind of kind of get a feel for the place, long enough to really kind of, like, definitely not call it home or anything, but to actually, like, you know, be familiar with the city. I'm sure she's explored, gone out and about, maybe not a lot during the daytime, just because of, I'm sure, temper has kind of filled her in in the climate of where she is. So basically, Temper kind of has he he he's a blacksmith who runs a kind of a safe house for anybody in trouble. I don't, did you look at the map I had posted about of the city? Briefly, I think yes. So Loophole kind of has three sections. You have the eastern side, which is the slums. It's kind of a lot of rundown, abandoned buildings. Mm-hmm. People still live there, but it is basically just the crappy slums. Very crowded. Buildings are built right on top of each other, and you can never tell which houses are actually lived in and which ones aren't. And then on the western side of the city, you kind of have the working class, blue-collar people. They mm-hmm. run the farms, They a lot of the smitheries and stuff like that. And then in the central section, you have the larger houses, the nice manors, and then just the nice town feel to it. You have the keep to the northwest that is the main government building for the Commonwealth, which you are now a member of, basically. As much as anybody who lives there for two months could be considered a member of a community that doesn't actually uh, like your type of people. Uh, I think you had put something about... You talked about creating a network of thieves. Basically, Temper isn't going to be like the person running that or really that involved, because he kind of... He is a smith first, and then yes. but he, run, he runs the safe house to keep you safe. But he would be able to kind of point you to the people that you would need to see, and also you would, of course, run into random people who would come by and seek refuge in them. In two months, how, involved, how active is us? How much has she, or how much have they really done in the city? Has she, have they put them kind of <laughs> Have they pulled any um, jobs? Yeah, so I was figuring, like, um, they probably had one or two jobs, probably. Because I thought, like, oh, they need money, so they're helping temper. She's, Firstly, they, yeah. they're, they're learning how to blacksmith, and yes. while at the same time still pulling a few jobs here and there. Yes, correct. Um, does Haas think of themselves more of a thief or like more of an assassin because they have killed more of an assassin yes okay so the thievery would be basically i'm gonna i'm gonna steal to kind of get my foot in the door kind of get a feel for the place and you know have a nice little a little safekeeping money or something just until i can get my name out there for some actual jobs for some real big time stuff at this point what does a normal day for Haas look like? 
Um, so I want to say that they wake up and are probably the first to wake up and maybe gets breakfast or something ready for temper as a, as a show of good faith, probably spends a good portion of the, like the morning helping him with the shop. I haven't really thought too much about like anything more because I wasn't sure like, uh, you like weren't sure. Was, yeah, you've never played. <laughs> yeah. So, as far as you want to, just tell me what you think Haas would be doing at this point, two months in. All right, let's see. Okay, so I definitely feel like a daily thing would be Pascal would um, try to help Temper in any possible way as like like a thank you, trying to pay back him for you know taking yeah. them in. So, daily thing in the morning, make breakfast or temper, help him with the shop. You know, he he shows them a few things with regards to the apprenticeship. And then, I don't know if there's like a meeting place for the guild for thieves or whatever that they could probably, I guess, like hang out or something. For a lot of the Commonwealth, there isn't much of a thieves guild, at least not okay. in... The smaller sections, just because it is so... Like, there's a lot of little thieves and a lot of small time. Mm -hmm. But because of how militaristic and how oppressive it is, you, the Thieves Guild kind of doesn't like to operate too much around. Right. Mostly right. lootful. So you, you'll have a lot more ragtag people doing little crimes than an actual group of thieves. Tepper's home would even be, like, I don't think it would be a hangout, but it would definitely be a safe place where people can meet and then move to an actual... For the people that he's introduced you to and that Haskell, Haskell has, like, just run into and met, I would say it's probably, like, an abandoned building in the slums somewhere that you have to kind of climb through another building to get to. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So they, they work on their apprenticeship and then I guess like late afternoon, evening, they'll walk around. Are there bars around? I'm, I'm assuming there's bars around. Yeah, there's a few. I mean, in the slums is like one or two very major dive bars. Yeah. So they'll just, they'll hang out in the evenings at a bar, kind of listen into conversations, see if there's anything that they can kind of help with or if they notice that someone's like looking for someone to hire to kill they would kind of weasel their way in they'd yeah. be promoting themselves yeah. here's my business card it's a bloody <laughs> knife so let's put this it's evening time you've made your way to one of the slum bars there's a small group of people on one of the kind of the corner tables that you've gotten to know a little bit mm -hmm. just because they they tend to be around tempers a lot more and so a young halfling that has done a little bit of thieving work with you has worked a little bit with you mm -hmm. uh you ran into them you ran into them a little bit early on they okay. were getting busted for actually trying to thieves um steal something <laughs> their name is uh Beatry. It's, it's like Petrie from uh, Land Before Time, but it's B. Um, which one will be is a human male. Their name is Nort. He's kind of been buddies with Petrie for a while, so he kind of palled along with you. 
And then right now, uh, out with them also the third one who who has a an apron on their on right now and kind of a cheaply made almost probably homemade chef's hat is a dragonborn, um, a copper dragonborn. Um, this is uh, Divoticus, but they you just call him Divi. Divi, okay. <laughs> Divi. They're just a cook, but they tend to, they kind of have aspirations of being a thief, but they're very, for, you know, a dragonborn is hard to miss, especially yeah. one that's got nice copper scales and, okay. <laughs> Ari just took a blanket and curled up in a corner next to the cat tree. So they're having a, a quiet conversation in the corner when you enter the bar. They notice you when you enter and kind of wave you down. Uh, you probably, I wouldn't say you spend every evening with them, but at least a few times a week, they're here and you probably just end up sitting with them. Do you join them when they wave you down? Can I look around first just to observe and see what's going on? Yeah, make a, okay, we're going to do your first roll. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> make a perception roll. All right, so I rolled an 18, so I've got a 22. Nice. That's a good roll. <laughs> so there's a few empty tables. It's still somewhat early in the evening, so the place isn't that busy. And mm-hmm. it's a dive bar, so it's never, like, busy, busy. There's a table in the co- far corner that has a few cloaked figures. They mm-hmm. don't seem to be talking right now. They're just kind of nursing a couple beers. Yeah, there's... Let's see, there's two figures in the corner nursing beers with their cloaks up, so you can't really make out their faces. There's about three people at the bar spread out, not near each other, all so all kind of just nursing ales. A table. Uh, there, there's five miners. They're pickaxes. They're, they're all dwarven, um, and they're all sitting at a center table. They're, they're not being super loud, but they're, they're engaged in pretty active conversation. One of them is telling a story about a runaway cart in the mine. And that's that's all you see. You see the bartender standing behind the bar. He's actually kind of eyeing you right now, waiting to see what you're doing, because you've entered this place and are just kind of standing in the doorway at the moment. So you join the three of them at the table. Mm-hmm. Who do you sit next to? Beatree. So Beatree kind of smiles, gives you a little smile, and then kind of leans towards you and whispers conspiratorially. Conspiratively, conspiratorially. I don't know. Uh, she goes. Uh, so there, there might be a job that there might be a job available for us to take if you're uh, you're willing. Okay. What kind of job? We're we're going to be hitting a, a a noble's house. Supposedly they don't have a lot of guards, and there. So we might be able to hit some really big loot. Uh, there's. We've been told that if we can take anything we want, we just have to get a a small. A small lockbox out and give that to the the person hiring our client. And where is this noble's house? It's up toward the the, the entrance to the mines, up <laughs> in the the nice person section. Okay. And all you, uh, are all three of us, or sorry, all four of us doing it? Well, Divi would like to come along. You know, they're not. Uh, we're not sure how useful they will be. Yeah, they might draw attention. Divi kind of looks a little bit and goes, I, I can be sneaky if I want to. And anyways, anybody who sees me, I can just hit with one of my pans. Well, I mean, we're trying to keep a low, low profile. 
the Nort the human goes, uh, yeah, low profile. That's why we're using Beatry. And he kind of like elbows her a little bit. I pat so, uh, uh, Beatry kind of Beatry on the on the shoulder real quick. <laughs> yeah, she pushes uh, Nort away and goes, yeah. We wouldn't be doing this job if it wasn't for me, Norit. So you can just shut up about how tall I am. But yeah, uh, we'd be doing it tomorrow night if you want, you want in. Hell yeah. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it, the house is supposed to be empty, so there shouldn't be any big issues. Knock on wood. Hopefully. Yeah, she, she knocks on the table and then like looks at her hand because there's like brown smudges on it just from the dirt of the table. Um, oh. She wants to knock on her pants. <laughs> yeah, I hope I got some wood underneath all the fucking mud in this place. Um, uh, at that moment, the bartender walks over and asks if you'd like to have a drink. Yeah, why not? What type of alcohol does she like to consume? What are the options? Yeah, you're not. You, if you ask for wine, he'll give you some sort of like juice with liquor in it. If you. <laughs> Like, that's the type of place it is. If you ask for a beer, they'll hand you something that might have some alcohol in it, but it's mostly water. Alright, I'll ask for a wine. <laughs> it's a great place. <laughs> I'll take my juice and alcohol. <laughs> he brings you over a... The, the wines are the best because it's just, it's like vodka with a little bit of cranberry juice in it. Oh, we love that. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he brings it over to you in, like, what he considers a wine glass, which is just like a, it's like a square mug. <laughs> Classy. Do you want to have a conversation with any of these people? Let's see. Are are they having a conversation? Can I just kind of sit there and listen to what they're saying? Yeah, they're they're just kind of discussing the job and like kind of cracking jokes back and forth. They've gotcha. been friends for a while, so it's that kind of e- easy camaraderie. Um. He makes fun of her height a lot. She makes fun of him for being a human, and they're just dumb. Divi, at one point, gets up and says, I gotta... What other Pokemon? You can look at any of the Pokemon you want to, buddy. I'm sorting Pokemon cards while we do this, by the way. Um, <laughs> Divi uh, stands up and goes, uh, any of you guys want to... I can go back to the kitchen and fix us up something to eat. Oh, so is Divi... Divi works at the dive bar? Yeah, Debbie works as, as their cook. Uh, gotcha. I don't know if you can hear the quotation marks. They're, they're not... A, I, um, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to roll to see how good of a cook they actually are. Oh, God. Because I, like, <laughs> I like deciding this by dice rolls. It's my favorite thing to do for like <laughs> anything. Oh, shit. That doesn't sound you, good. Yeah, you would eat a few specific things that you know he can make without like messing up too badly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you definitely wouldn't try to experiment and like order something. Yeah, you can look through the Sneasel is a ice and dark type, so this Fucking, one's water. That's hilarious what? because I was literally just gonna say, yeah. "Oh, tell him, uh, surprise me." Yeah, if you tell him to surprise, he will probably he'll get a grin on his face, like really happy. But you probably will live to regret it, or you might not live to regret it. Depending on what that is. Um, gotcha. Okay, how about? What are what are a couple things on the menu? Fantasy burgers. Uh, the things on the menu are like kind of generic tavern food. You you get there's a fish and chips, but this is nowhere near the water, so you're pretty sure any fish wouldn't be fish. <laughs> and since this is in the slums, a lot of the meats like they have a steak, 
but if you look at it closely, you're pretty sure it still has kind of the outline of the the rats that they used. Oh, uh, great! <laughs> so I'll tell them yeah, what they have. Make me a burger, please. Yeah, he, I asked nicely. <laughs> he smiles and says, "All right, I'll fix you up a burger." He looks at the other two, and they kind of, they uh, B tree look and goes, "Um, just grab me some chips, I guess." And he nods and wanders off. Yes. Scorbunny in the snow? Yes, Scorbunny's fighting in the snow. Um, Can I ask Beatree about the the hooded guys drinking? Yeah. Um, She kind of glances over at them and goes, "Uh, I don't really know. They just kind of came in tonight and they've just been sitting in that corner. I haven't seen their faces or anything. So you don't think they're suspicious in any way? Uh, I mean, not really. They're, I mean, who isn't kind of suspicious in this area? Who doesn't want to come in kind of unnoticed if they can? True. You got me there. <laughs> uh, you, you see anything with them? You, you, you notice anything? You think, you think they're suspicious? Not really. Just keeping my eye out. Divi ends up coming back with some food. Uh, they go back to the kitchen because somebody else ordered something surprisingly. You need to go wipe your face off. Your your face matches the blue color of your shirt now. Did you rub it on your face? Did you rub your lollipop on your face? You Wouldn't did. Wouldn't surprise he me. He, he <laughs> says he did. Love that. Yeah, kid. Hidden's face is just blue now. Like, from the nose down to his chin, he's got a blue face. Jeez. He had a ring pop. Like, all right, back on track, back on track. We'll see how this yeah. goes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Snow Run. Um, it evolves to Glalie. Uh, yeah, it has Frost Blast. That's the female evolved form, and then Glalie is the male. Okay, is there anything else you want to do in the tavern tonight while you're there? Um, yeah, just chill for a bit at home. Okay. Um, uh, at one point during the evening, a fourth, like, uh, Divi ends up coming out and just kind of chilling with you most of the evening. You can tell people don't usually order food from here. Your burger yeah. was okay. Probably a little bit burnt. Um, but otherwise edible. Uh, Divi, like, put some random stuff along the side to like try to make it look fancy like they 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 try to make their food look fancy and they kind of have this idea of oh well i'm actually you know somewhat talented or whatever but <laughs> they're really not oh it, yeah it's kind of sad they want to be a thief but they're too noticeable they want to be a cook but they're just not good at it it's, it's i would sad. die for Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> um a about partway through the evening Another uh, a gnome comes in and joins you at your table. Um, their okay. name is their name is Valorius. They go by Vel. Friends with Beatrice. They're kind of friends with all of you. They're they're a little newer to the group, just like you are. But they're mm-hmm. yeah, Vel is a, a gnome furniture maker. They they work at like a, a small furniture shop on the blue collar side of the the city. Mm-hmm. They also do a little bit of thievery on the side, but they're more of a, a pickpocket when they see the opportunity rather mm-hmm. than like a big job. Um, Beatrice kind of whispers about the job to them 
but you can tell they're not really interested in it. They're actually a little bit nervous and say, that sounds pretty dangerous. Um, I don't know if you guys should be going to that section of town. I mean, if you get caught, uh, they're, I mean, they'll just not, they might not even like lock you up. They'll just kill you on the spot. So don't get caught. <laughs> yeah, Beatrice just sm- laughs and sm- nods her head and agrees with you. Nort says, Nort um, just kind of chuckles. But yeah, they, it, it's kind of a chill evening. They chill, They all chill for a while. Um, Divi stays till closing. Uh, would Haskell stay till closing or probably go home at a decent time? Decent as in like before like 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't know. I like Divi. I want to hang out with Divi. <laughs> I'm going to keep Divi company. <laughs> Yeah, every once in a while, Divi goes back to the, the kitchen. Divi goes back to the kitchen because someone will order some food and the bartender kind of waves at them or like mm-hmm. just randomly will go back to... They keep a pretty constant supply of chips going to B-Tree and Nort who kind of just gobble them. them down. Yeah, they, they like to just come and chill. Near the end of the evening, Divi says, oh, I, I got to go do dishes be- before we close so that way they're done. I mean, there's not a lot, you know. Never mm-hmm. is for, for some reason, but I'm gonna head back there. I'll I'll check you guys later, okay? So Debbie heads back to the kitchen. Uh, Beatry and Nort end up kind of heading out. But yeah, this is kind of this is the little group that kind of has formed around. They all know Temper. They all kind of have used his safe house at times here and there. Um, okay. You've run into most of them either out and about or in his actual safe house. Next morning swings around, you probably, you do your normal morning thing. Temper usually doesn't get up until a little bit after sunrise. Temper kind of looks at you as he comes down comes down from his room. Late night last night again? Yeah. Figured I'd hang out with Divi. Oh uh, yeah, that yeah, that's a that's a good dragonborn. I wish they uh could actually find something they they, they like doing and were that we're good at. <laughs> I had him in here for a little while, uh, but I almost lost a foot because of because of that. Oh God! <laughs> I feel bad for the poor guy. Have you found any jobs? He kind of looks at you. Um, he starts kind of building the fire for the the smithery and starts pulling tools down and getting ready to make some stuff. Kind of waves at you to help fan the the flame. Yeah, uh, Beatrice said there was a job. Um, at a noble house. He kind of glances at you. Uh, better watch those nobles. They That part of town isn't very safe for those like us. Come um, on, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sneaky. Yeah, I mean, sneaky can only get you so far before... <laughs> he coughs. Because I cough. Um, <laughs> you better watch yourself if you're going up there. You don't think it'll be that bad. I mean... I trust you. You've pulled a couple jobs here and you've done really well, so if you think you're going to be good, though, I would... Beatrice might be a halfling, but that doesn't mean she's all like the best thief in the town, even though that's what she seems to think. Yeah, but I feel like if I don't go, Beatrice's going to go anyway. Uh, that's true. Her and Nort. <laughs> I could just see them getting themselves in a load of trouble if you're not there to help them out. Well, just just be safe and and don't lead the guard back here. Understand? Of course. 
So you go about your day like normal, um, and then when the sun starts to set, I'd say you and Beatrice probably have a, a meeting place that you usually, like, if you're going to pull a job together, you would know where you're going to meet her at. So you, once it starts getting dark, you head there. You're, let's say, you're at the northern side of the slums, probably in the, sh- like, near one of the outer houses that you guys have discovered are abandoned mm-hmm. right near a guard tower um it's gotten dark the you can see off to your right the flames from the large uh commonwealth smitheries like the non the the official government smithers that mm-hmm. run 24 7 they're the ones who create this kind of ashen look to the city and keep the whole area covered in smoke and, and smog. God, yeah. <laughs> so you get there and you find Beatrice kind of hiding in the shadows with Divi. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Divi notices that you're probably, a, you probably have a look on your face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they said, don't, they, they sigh. Don't worry, I'm not. I'm not coming with you guys. I just wanted to see you off. Though, after this, you gotta promise me you're gonna help teach me be sneaky like you. Promise? <laughs> promise, Hoss? I, I promise. Good, because nope. Beatrice Beatri says I'm unteachable, but I don't think so. I think you got it in you, and I want to teach you, because I feel bad. <laughs> not in that way. I, I, I feel bad that... <laughs> You were born with such beautiful copper scales that are so distracting that it's really difficult for you to hide and be sneaky, but there's a good use for that, and we're going to find it, find out what it is. Smile, like, really large, huge grin on your face. CB, at least somebody has faith in me. Um, she, she says, well, I'll, I'll let you guys get to it. And Beatrice, she, Diddy walks off, kind of a, a spring in her step because, you know, someone believes in them for once. Beatrice watches them go and shakes her head. You really shouldn't give them hope about that. I've never seen them be good at anything, just kind of bad at everything. Well, and I mean... I, I tried teaching her how to sneak and be in pickpockets, and we almost got strung up on the gallows because of it. So I, I you better watch it. Just I be will. careful. Okay. I will. I just want. I feel like there's a good use for. Maybe she can be a distra- distraction in some sort of way, or she can use being the center of attention as kind of a strong point. Yeah, I guess it it wouldn't be bad to have someone who could cause a distraction. Divi is definitely a distracting individual. Can you imagine them standing out in the middle of like the the noble sector and just like scales all out in the sun, just shining? Man, everybody would be drawn to that. I could pick so many pockets. Um, of course, then the Commonwealth soldiers might come and imprison her. Just because they're a dragonborn, but you know. Well, we'll figure something out. 
Yeah, I guess we'll have to now. Um, all right. Nord already headed up to stake out the place. You know, he's got it easy being human. So we, But we're going to have to sneak our way up there. Uh, my, I know Haskell has, um, like, a hood. Does Beatrice have a hood? Yeah, Beatrice has pulls up a hood over her. Um, her outer garment is almost fashioned to make her look like a kid. Oh, okay. Because since halflings, they're they're similar to humans, so but she can get away with stuff because she kind of looks like a kid most of the time. So she gotcha. keeps her her ears are you know halflings ears are pointed a little bit, so mm-hmm. she keeps them covered and then and kind of adopts like a childish act she can sometimes get away with stuff you guys pull up your hoods and and start heading your way into the noble sector of the town uh make for me a stealth roll so you'll just roll your d20 and then add your stealth bonus to it so it'll be oh god yeah my stealth is seven Okay, so I got 15, so 22. So you guys... Yeah, she basically rolled the exact same. Um, you guys make your way into, ta- into the, the noble sector. You see a couple patrols, um, but they don't really pay much attention to you. They, they kind of see you guys as maybe a, like a, a parent and their kid or something. Yeah, I was actually going to ask before if... Um... If uh, Beatry and wanted to like hold hands to pretend to be their child, <laughs> uh, Beatry does take your hand when guards are nearing, but the rest of the time she doesn't do it. She doesn't. She kind of pulls away, and okay. definitely, you can tell she's a, she's got that uh, Napoleon complex a little bit. She's small, and she tries to make up for it with her attitude more than anything else. So she doesn't gotcha. like to. So even though she pulls this kid act, you can tell it kind of almost grates on her nerves a little bit having to do so. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and I forgot Haskell's pretty tall. <laughs> yeah, how tall is Haskell? Five eight. Not oh, yeah, super so tall, but not super tall, but definitely like yeah. And B tree is like oh, so yeah, she's about three feet tall actually. Um, oh wow. You could throw her. Yeah, yeah. You could literally throw her. Um, so, okay, you guys make it through town pretty easily. Nobody really mm-hmm. pays attention to you, and you come up on a dark manor that, ha- like, has a few lights inside, but it seems to be pretty empty. And um, you kind of pause about a half a block away in the shadows and north. You you hear a not exactly yeah it's not exactly a bird call but it's like kind of a whistle yeah. to make to sound like a bird call like so it's a little bit covered. Okay. Uh, Beatry responds and then you guys find your way to Nort, who is like in an alleyway between this manor and another man. He looks at you guys and goes, uh, "So uh, I case the joint." I didn't see any guards. I don't even see any servants here right now. The place looks completely empty. Like, we could walk in and walk out without a single issue. Well, I still feel we should 
act like there is someone in there because you never know. He, B Tree nods. Nort kind of actually like rolls his eyes a little bit. He's like, like I, I mean, yeah. If you don't trust my opinion of the house, I guess we can do that. Not that I don't trust you. Mm, you just B3, be on it. <laughs> B three goes, yeah, I don't trust him. And like shoves him a little bit. Um, <laughs> you probably were just sitting there, like playing dice with yourself the whole time until we got here. Oh, like case the joint. I would never play with myself while on a job. Um, I roll my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> How do you want to enter this house? So what does uh, this manor look like? How like how many floors? You're looking at about three floors. Pretty open plan from what you can tell. Very just a... It's a rectangle. Um. <laughs> <laughs> are any of the windows from what we can see? Uh, it looks like all the windows are shut pretty tightly. Um, even on the third floor, you're not seeing much. The third floor is kind of like... Um, it's more like an attic floor. You have the roof kind of sliding down along it. You can tell it's going to be slanted inside. There's mm-hmm. a couple windows peeking out, but it's not like a not like a true floor. Gotcha. Can we check the closest window? Um, why don't you do an investigation roll? Okay. Oh God, I got a three, so that's four. You oh. you walk up to the window and. For some reason, it's like a foreign object to you. You try, you like try to check if it's locked, and your hands like slide along the glass. <laughs> um, and you kind of just you're kind of fumbling there for a minute. And Beatrice looks at you. Is is everything all right, Haas? Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. I am uh, um, I'm just a little off my game right now. <laughs> okay. Um, she. She she moves up to the window and like like kind of goes to lift it a little bit. She's having a little bit of trouble because the window's right about at her her head height. Um, <laughs> so Nort walks over to and like how and he kind of like he mutters, "How many people does it take to try to open a window?" And he goes, "It's locked." Duh. Great. <laughs> he goes, I- "I'm gonna check to make sure there aren't any guards walking around." Checking for people looking at windows because you know we'd be in trouble then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is there a back door? Yeah, you can. You can walk around. You kind of peek around the corner and you notice there is a back door to it. Um, it's it's locked. You kind of look around. There's a few streetlights along the road here, but it's pretty dim. And okay. yeah, you can try the door if you want to. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, can I try and pick the lock? Yeah. So, you'll just roll a sleight of hand. Okay, I got 14, so I got a 19. You pull out your lock-picking tools, kind of mess with the door for a minute, and then it just pops open. B-Tree comes up beside you and goes, oh, nice, let's, let's go inside. Did you grab, um, Nort? She looks back and goes, hold on. She does a quick whistle. And kind of moves toward the corner of the house, and he comes. He quickly comes around the corner and goes, "Yeah, there's there's a, there's a pair of guards out front right now, just city watch. They're just patrolling. If we can get in there and shut the door real quick, they won't even know we're here." 
All right, let's go. You make your way into the first floor of the house. Okay, so you enter through the side door. You find yourself in kind of what you would assume is like kind of the servants' quarters. It's a bunch of small little rooms. Um, Mm -hmm. Immediately off to your right, there's a flight of steps that go up to the second floor. Like just a small one that's like one person wide. So obviously this is where the servants usually do most of their stuff. Beatry and Nort kind of spread out and start kind of looking through the servants' quarters just to check to see if there's anything of value here. Mm-hmm. But they're not really pilfering much because, I mean, obviously the servants don't keep... don't have a lot of very good belongings. Yeah. I want to make my way towards that office. So can I go out out of the servants' quarters? Yeah. Make for me a... Just do a stealth check. Okay, 16. Yeah, I'm going to use the stealth kind of as also part of your investigation rolls, just to kind okay. of combine it into one. Um, unless you're, like, specifically looking for something, then we'll use the uh, investigation, but if you're just kind of wandering around the house... Okay, so you're looking at the office that's kind of to the left? That green... Or Okay, the green one. Yeah. Okay, so we'll just say that you make your way through the servants' quarters into, like, kind of the main area and head to the left, just kind of pacing yourself around, looking to see what you can find. Yeah. Are you looking for anything specific, or are you just kind of casing the joint? Um, casing the joint, but I know we needed to find a lockbox, so... Yeah. Keeping my um, eye out for that. I will go get it. Just give me a minute. Okay, you enter the office. There's a desk by the far wall. Um, there's some paperwork on the desk. And as you kind of walk up, you look down, and it, it looks like it's mostly inventories, um, a few letters to like merchants about getting supplies. Um, this is obviously like the steward or the head butler's office where he keeps track of all of that type of stuff. There's like uh, uh, there's a little book off to one side that has like notes about payments to the servants and to other people that they've hired in to do odd jobs around the place. Mm-hmm. But but there doesn't seem to be anything of real value in here. Not even in the in drawers. Um, check. You can check the drawers. Uh, okay. let's make it. We'll do an investigation roll. I like to. We'll do that for like just whatever you might end up finding. Nineteen. Nice. Surprised I got that. <laughs> That's a pretty good roll. Too bad you wasted it on this. Oh, I know, no. right? <laughs> so you find you find like a little pouch full of about ten pieces of gold. So yeah, you got ten gold out of there. You found some ledgers and just just regular bill keeping. Okay. Um, while you've been there, kind of peeking through, Beatrice comes to the door and goes, "Find anything good?" Nah, just some gold. Oh, that's not too bad, though. Um, North's gonna stay down here and keep looking through these rooms, but I'm pretty sure the good stuff's up top. You wanna go upstairs with me? Oh, yeah, of course. She smiles. Goes, Let's go <laughs> ransack this place. She's kind, of, she's kind of bouncing on her toes, and like she's definitely got some sort of uh, adrenaline high right now from doing this. Okay. So you guys make your way up to the second floor. Um, okay. It does seem like 
there is nobody here from what you can tell, and there doesn't seem to be much going on. You go up like the main flight of stairs. Uh, Nort stays downstairs and is kind of looking through the rooms, but it seems like there's like a big dining room. Cool job. Good job. And Alenix. Going to evolve that to a Steelix? Um, oh, yeah, there's no Steelix in Let's Go Eevee. Um, but as far as the rest of the house downstairs, looks like it's just mostly kind of like lounge areas and dining rooms and shit like that. Yeah. So there's not really anything of great value. So you make your way to the second floor and you enter like like a large living room. There's a f- some there's like a pool table off to one side. There's um, there's not really a lot in the room, but it's like large enough for people to just kind of chill out in a little table stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, off to the right, it seems to open up into like a large, just a large room. You can't really tell what it is from where you are. If you you look to the left and. It kind of opens up to a hallway that goes back, but you can't, yeah. obviously, from where you are, you can't see what that is. Uh, Those are your two main routes right now, is left or right. Let's go left you, down that hallway. Alright, I'll go right, you go left. Be careful. Careful's my middle name. <laughs> and then she, eyes. like, then she kind of, uh, she kind of skips her way to the right. Good um, God. Um, make a perception roll for me right now. Yeah, 12. You hear, like, a slight noise from downstairs. Like, Nort grunts a little bit, but otherwise, it seems pretty quiet still. And as you kind of, you start making your way to the left, you you don't hear anything upstairs. It's just that one, like, everything's really quiet. You hear a grandfather clock ticking in the background, but that's, like, it. And then you mm-hmm. hear, like, a... Uh, from downstairs. So what are you going to do? Um, can I go back to B-Tree and ask her if she heard that? Yeah, B-Tree headed off to the to the right. Yes. Um, she's in a... So you kind of follow her into that area. She glances back at you. Well, no, she doesn't glance back at you. She actually doesn't notice that you're following her. In this room is like a large library. It's uh, got a lot of books on the walls. There's... You know, it's like that normal, stereotypical rich person's library. So it's got like, uh, what's it called? Like marble facades and like a couple marble statues, like the heads. uh, Yeah. Like on pedestals here and there. And there's just some really, it's like, looks like really nice stuff, but it would not really be of extreme value unless you found the right books. But Beatrice is kind of glancing through the books, glancing at all the little stuff here and there. She picks up like a little bobble she founds it, finds and puts it in her bag. Play up. Buddy, I'm playing right now. I know. You know? Beater. <laughs> so, do you call out her name? I don't want to spook her. Can I just like whisper her name? You whisper her name, and at first she doesn't notice, so you kind of whisper it a little bit louder, and then she like glances up at you. Because what? What are you doing, Haas? Did you hear that? Did I hear what? That grunt. Do you think Nort? Do you think he's in trouble? If he was in trouble, he'd be calling for us. I'm sure it's fine. I'm gonna go check him. Gotta roll their eyes. Okay, go check on baby Nort. I'll I'll (laughs) keep looking up here. Alright. Keep an eye out for that lockbox. 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to be in here, but who knows? I'm, I'm going to check for, you know, secret passages in the library. That seems like something they do. Sounds good. She, like, goes up to, like, a light. Like, a just a little like a light. Yeah, like, well, like a bust, yeah, on the side. And she, like, turns it real quick to the left and nothing happens. Then she turns it to the right. Nothing happens. She get, kind of sighs. And then she goes up to, like, a... Uh, an unlit torch on the wall and she like tries to wiggle it and pull it down like it's a lever and nothing happens yeah. and you just hear her I'm mean, hear her sigh again like these people have no imagination so you go back to head downstairs yeah um quietly as I can okay well, okay you get downstairs to the first floor there's nothing you don't really see him uh do you kind of whisper his name no uh, I just look for him. Okay. Which way are you gonna head? Um. All right. So I'm back downstairs from like the main area. I'm assuming. Yeah, like the big stairwell you can see. In the center. Yeah. Okay. Um. Head towards the right where that uh piano is. Okay. Yeah. Good. That's perfect. Um. You head into that room and you see Mort's on the floor, kind of holding his knee. He looks, and like, he's got a pain expression, he looks up at you and goes, fucking piano. Oh, I didn't see it, and I just hammered it with my knee. Oh, fuck. He's, like, kind of rocking back and forth, going, Okay. Did you find anything yet? No, I was more concerned that you got attacked, because I heard you grunt. He goes, why would I get attacked? There's nobody in the house. I told you. There's nobody in the house. Why don't you guys ever believe in me? It's not that I don't believe in you. I don't trust anyone. <laughs> fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Okay. You sure you're okay? I, I, I may never walk again, but I'm sure I'll be fine. Do you need some help? No, I... Okay, just help me stand up. <laughs> All right. So you help him stand back up, I'm assuming. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he kind of hobbles, but you can tell he's not actually hurt. He's just maybe he's his pride. <laughs> yeah, his pride maybe hurt a little more than anything else at this point. He went in the house and he ran into a, a freaking piano that was like in the middle of the room. Um, <laughs> so he uh, he goes, okay, go go back upstairs. Otherwise, Beatrice's gonna find everything, and then she'll never let us lose it down. All right, I'll head back up. Be careful. Watch out for pianos. He just kind of rolls his eyes at you. And just, yeah, yeah, you too. So you head back upstairs and go back toward the left originally? Yeah, I'm assuming <laughs> towards those like rooms. It looks like more servants' quarters. They're actually going to be like real bedrooms for the the household. Okay, alright, cool. So you make your way to the left into like kind of the rooms. Uh, Beatrice is still in the library. She is kind of leafing through books and randomly like pulling one out of the um off the <laughs> bookshelf. Yeah, she pulls it off the bookshelf and goes, Oh, not that one. And then she goes to the next one and goes, Oh, oh not that one. And she's like, real determined. Yeah, she's really determined that this place should have. You can tell both her and Nort are kind of I would say they're both they feel comfortable, like no one's gonna find them. So why should we have to worry too much? And like yeah. and not actually putting too much effort into being stealthy. So you make your way into the bedrooms off to the left. 
Yeah, you make your way into a hallway, and on the right side are a couple bedrooms. You want to go through those? Yeah, I'll go through the first one. Uh, I'm not going to make you roll for this. Uh, there, okay, yeah, the first bedroom seems to be just be a children's bedroom and doesn't really seem to have much going on in it. Just some toys, not a lot of stuff, some clothing. Okay. Um, you make your way into the second build, second bedroom, and it's kind of similar. It seems like maybe the like this one is actually is also kids' toys, and there really isn't anything you could tell by the toys that they're probably like they're not cheap toys. They're kind of expensive, but they also would be probably pretty hard to sell. Mm-hmm. There's not much point in taking them. In that second bedroom, can I open the yeah. window? You just unlock it and open it, so that way it's open in case yeah. you need to. Okay. Um, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, uh, so you make your way into the third bedroom, and this one is pretty empty. Uh, it's very bare. You can kind of tell it's probably used as a guest room. Is the that one room across the hall is the stairs, and the one next to it is that a bathroom? Uh, yeah, it's a. I would say that's a bathroom. If you peek in the bathroom, you'll see a doorway on the far side of it. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go through that door? Yeah, yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah, you open that door and you find yourself entering a large bedroom. Uh, okay. There's a, hu- there's a huge chest at the foot of the bed. There's there's a good bit of stuff in this room. There's a tiny, there's a small desk against one corner. Everything in here is very nice, mm-hmm. I would say. So, uh, you want to pilfer the room? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, look through that desk. Okay. Um, yeah, roll an investigation check. I got a nine, so that's ten. Not super great. Okay. Um, you find you find an asserted coins about seven gold worth. Um, you find a a potion of healing, just a minor potion of healing, and you find a rolled up scroll. If you open it, you'll see that it has a it's actually a spell scroll. Okay. I had something pulled up and now it won't load, even though it was already <laughs> loaded at one point. I hate when that happens. It's a magical scroll that has a spell on it. Um, I'll I'll find it later. Uh, <laughs> but that's all you find in this room. You do not find a lockbox. Okay. Not even in the chest. Okay. Make it for me another investigation roll. <laughs> I gotcha. Oh, 17. Oh, nice. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I was hoping you'd get a good roll on this because I, I made you are looking through the chest and you kind of pull on some clothing, move it away, and you find a blanket that is kind of rolled up. And as you move it, you realize it's very stiff and like there's might be something inside of it. Mm-hmm. So you you open up the blanket and inside a sword in a sheath, a very thin, long blade. And like a very thin sheath. Pull the... I wish I was better at describing things. You (laughs) take it by its... Oh, fuck. And of course, the words leave me as soon as I start to say them. (laughs) You pull it by its handle thingy um, that has like kind of feathers attached to the the guard. And as you pull it out, the blade is like kind of a dark blue. And as you pull it out further, it kind of shades up to, like, a lighter blue. And then you see, like, other colors kind of, like, 
like it's shining like a very a metallic rainbow almost and the green it ends in like a green blade and oh. it's a it's it's a rapier oh hell yeah so you pull this out and you look at it and it it just it's it's gorgeous the the handle and the guard are like a pure silver while the rest of the blade you don't even know what material it is but it has this rainbow like as you move it the the colors cascade along the blade almost like um an oil slick kind of yeah kind of okay also as you pull it out a little bit of like we'll say a little bit of like a smoky a rainbow smokiness kind of flows out from the sheath and just kind of flows around you (laughs) and then just kind of it dissipates in the air um i'm assuming you will take this item (laughs) um yes i will be charging like you're like uh (laughs) No, I don't like it. It's not quite my style. <laughs> I'm just going to put it I, back in the blanket. Um, I don't do rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> you have found a magical rainbow rapier. Hell yeah. Um. Anyways, <laughs> you hear a yell from the other section of the house. From upstairs? Uh, you can t- Yeah, it's on the second floor. You hear Beatry go, yes! Oh, <laughs> I guess she found her uh, secret passage. You want to make your way to Beatree? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you make your way back to the hallway and then down into the central section, and you find Beatree by the steps, clutching a lockbox to her chest. It's it's probably about half her size, so oh, she's God. definitely struggling <laughs> with it a little bit. Yeah. She looks at you and goes, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? I don't know. What? Hey, guess what? <laughs> It was inside the fireplace. I had to pull a, a candlestick on the fireplace, and it opened up to this tiny little like compartment that had this. She's like mm-hmm. bouncing with glee. No shit, you actually found one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, this is the right lockbox. Um, <laughs> I mean, how many lockboxes can there be? <laughs> I don't know. She she notices you holding the rapier, and she goes, "What you find? What's that? Ooh, that looks pretty." I got a pretty new toy. Nort, uh, you look down the steps, and you see Nort standing in the entryway. He's kind of not paying attention to you guys, though. He's looking outside, and he goes, "Shit!" He looks back at you and goes, "There's there's like four guards out front right now." I don't know if they know we're in here, but they're like just standing out front right now. Okay, and that's the front, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's looking out the front door. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm still upstairs, right? In that yeah. by that staircase. Okay, can I check the window to see out back? The one that you opened, uh, or a different one? No, a different one. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can check. Uh, you kind of go peek out one of the back windows. There's actually a back staircase. Yeah. And you look out a window right by it, and you see another two guards standing out the back. Fuck. Uh, I, um, like, I tap Petrie on the shoulder and point towards the window. She comes over and glances out of it real quick and goes, shit, how are we going to get out of here? Do you think they know we're here? Do you think they're just, just, just happen to be standing around the house? No, that's stupid. Fuck. Let's not jump to conclusions. But play it safe. First, North I joins think, you upstairs. Yeah. First, I think it would be a good idea to 
strap that lockbox to B tree so that she doesn't You're have to, to worry to about it. Yeah. Well, actually, no. That wouldn't be good. Can I we mean, strap it to Nort? Nort like, like Nort holds out a bag and goes, We can just put it in here. Okay. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, the lockbox is probably about a of maybe a square foot. Okay. It's just a, right. like a cubic foot, basically. And he puts it in a bag and slings the bag over his shoulder. Okay. Kind of like um, it, it's got two straps, like freaking the high school go bags. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's got it on his back. He goes, this is not the most comfortable, but OK. Um, how do we want to get out of here? Um, give me a second to think. Beatrice looks out the window, goes, you should should we climb up, like go up to the roof and see, like. Maybe they'll check the house and notice that there's nobody in here, and then we can just hide on the roof until they're gone. Mm, yeah, we can do that. I'm thinking because the where I opened the window, there's like that little. It's kind of a, hidden from. The it's back. like a half, half roof. Yeah, it's the roof of the first floor. You could yeah, climb yeah. out on from like the 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 uh, servants' quarters kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you could head that way. At this point, there is a kind of a knocking at the front door. Okay. But nobody, obviously nobody goes to open it, and it is locked still since you guys came in the side door. Did you lock the side door after you came in, or did you leave it unlocked? No, Caden uh-huh. says you left it unlocked, so. Okay, well. <laughs> His word is he's God, so <laughs> like if we go there and we kind of like lay down on that roof, I feel like you could still see someone if they were there. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, Beatrice said. Let's find our way to a roof, to the roof. I mean we could go out that window and climb to the roof probably. Yeah, you could do that. Which way do you want to go? Um let's go out the window and and then climb up because I don't know what's like what's in the attic and I don't want to risk getting stuck there. Okay. Um Beatrice says they're they're starting to walk around the house. They're looking I don't know if they're gonna try to find a door and open it. I don't think they know we're here, but they think something's up. What did you do? She looks toward Nort. And Nort just kinda goes, I didn't I, I ran into a piano. That was it. I didn't do anything. You think that would be loud enough for them to hear out there? I mean, I don't think it would have been loud enough, but I mean, unless someone looked through the window when I was flying onto the ground. All right. Well, unfortunately, I forgot to lock the door when we came in, so they will probably make their way inside soon. Beatrice is like visibly starting to sweat now, and she goes, shit, 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 shit. All right. Thanks, Nort. And Nort just kind of like, open you know puts his hands out like yeah what (laughs) defensive i put i put a hand on um beatrice's shoulder and i'm like listen just breathe calm down everything's gonna be fine you don't want to panic okay um okay you guys you make it to the window that you opened yeah make a stealth roll i got 17 so that is 24 oh nice (laughs) <laughs> okay, um, you climb out the window, and Nort follows 
quietly, both of you kind of crouch down, stay low to the on the roof and look around and you don't and you you don't see a guard right now. And then B Tree climbs out the window, slips and starts sliding down the roof, knocking some of the tiles down. Oh my god. And you hear these like she grabs on, but a few pieces of the tiles crash to the ground and you can very clearly hear them. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> um, she, the, uh, she looks at Nort and goes, Nort, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't Nort. <laughs> Alright. I, can I usher everyone back inside? Okay, as you do that, you see the lights from a guard coming around the corner and, like, two guards make their way and they notice the, the slate falling from the, the, uh, the roof and like, look up toward the roof, but you guys have slipped inside quickly enough that they don't see you, but I obviously, at this point, they know something is up. Yeah. Alright, so... Um, one of them yells out uh, to his fellow guards and go, There's somebody inside! They just try to climb out the roof! Alright, new plan. We're going to the attic. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. I asked B-Tree... That secret passage that you opened, how big was it? it no, it was just a, like a little cubby hole. Fuck. They just had, All right. like, yeah, it, it wasn't like I could hide in it, it, but it would be cramped even for me. Nort's fat ass wouldn't even like get halfway into it. All right. I guess we're, we're going up. Um, at this point, you start to hear noises downstairs and you can tell someone must have found the unlocked door. I'm going to have you make a dex roll, just like a straight, just add your dexterity to the roll and see what you get. Oh, I got a 10. <laughs> With your dexterity? Yeah, because I got a 7. Okay. Um, we love we're it. in for some fun. <laughs> uh, I hate this. I hate this. My favorite thing is that this could have been avoided if... if Nort or Beatry would have rolled better. Gee, she rolled crappy. She got a two on that stealth check. Um, so as you guys like make your way out of the bedroom that you open the window to and back up to the that big like living area and head toward the stairs, you look down the steps and you see two guards like looking around downstairs. And one of them notices you guys doesn't see you, but probably sees some sort of movement and looks up and goes, I think they're upstairs. So as you climb the stairs up into the attic, they've made they're making their way up to the second floor now. Okay. So the attic is kind of like just kind of a straight hallway left to right with one room on either end. It looks like there isn't a way up to the roof from here, but you could probably climb out a window and then climb up from there if you wanted to. Yeah, I think that's what we're, we're going to do. Okay. Nort says, all right, uh, you two go first, and I'll watch your back and see if they come up this way. Uh, once you get to the roof, maybe just look for a side of the building that there's no guards and try to climb down even. I don't, because right now I don't think they're going to, I don't, I don't know. Just, just get up there and I'll join you as, as quickly as possible, okay? I don't think it's a good idea that you stay behind. I'll climb up, but you guys got to go first, so that way I can just keep an eye on things back here. All right. So make a acrobatics check or athletics, whichever one you'd prefer. Okay, we'll do acrobatics. 
I oh, hell yeah. I got a 20, so a 25, baby. Oh, nice. Nat 20, you poke your head out the window. How do you do it? You, you can get up to the roof any way you want to. How do you want to get up to the roof? How do I want to do it? Let's see. So we slip and slide through that motherfucker, tiptoeing on the edge of it, and reaching up for the ledge of the roof. Is it sloped? Not a very angled slope, like it's just a slight slope, so it's easy enough to get up to. Gotcha. All right. Anyways, so my back is against the wall, right? And reach up, hands facing back, grab onto the roof and lift my legs to pull myself up that way. That's perfect. Hell um, yeah. You get up there, you're up on the roof, you reach down and grab B-Tree's arm and pull her up real quick. And then you see Nort poke his head up. You guys good? Yeah, of course. Get your ass up here. Uh, He climbs out the window and starts kind of making his way. Can I uh, whisper down to him real quick to close the window with his foot? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he he nods and like he climbs out and stands on the windowsill and then grabs onto the roof, a little not quite as uh, smoothly as you do. And he's facing <laughs> the building, so he's like kind of just hanging there. He pushes the window down closed with his foot and then pulls himself up yeah. with you and Beatry kind of pull, helping pull him up. You guys get onto the roof. I'm gonna speed this a little bit, mm-hmm. just because it is like kids movie time. So you guys get up on the roof and you kind of lay flat. The window's shut. I rolled perception for the guards. They don't see you. They don't mm-hmm. notice. They, you see them like, you see another like half dozen guards around the house at this point, looking around. But you guys are laying flat on the roof. They look around. The guys, the guards going through the house, look through everything, but they don't. You guys definitely went through the house and they they noticed that, but they don't see anything like major missing. So they're thinking because everything you guys grabbed basically was hidden anyways. Yeah. Um. So that's happening on the damn roof. It's like just beating herself up because she's the one who basically got Us. you guys spotted. Yeah. Like she wouldn't say it while Nort's awake, but as soon as she notices he's asleep, she just starts muttering it to herself. Yeah. Um. She kind of she glances at you and goes. Thanks for. I'm glad you're with us because that could have gone so bad. Hey, it's all good. It could have happened to anyone. Don't beat yourself up. I've climbed a million roofs in my day, and then this one I almost fall off. It's stupid. It's not even slanted. Oh. Hey, Nort ran into a stationary piano. <laughs> she looks at you, looks at him, and goes, Wait, he ran into a piano? She's yeah. Like, he starts quietly laughing. So you guys kind of wait it out. You see when the guards finally go off in their sentries. There's two guards out posted out front, but mm-hmm. there's none in the back. So you guys make your way down quietly while it's still a little bit dark outside. So the sun might be coming up somewhat soonish. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to make you roll for... You guys make it through the town quietly. You're, you're, I'm going to say you're extra careful because there are yeah. a little bit more patrols around. Nort's human, so he kind of can walk his way through town without too much of an issue. His clothes are nice. And, his clothes, clothing is nice enough that he's not going to be like picked out for, as like some sort of bum where he yeah. shouldn't be. 
But it would be really odd for them to see a small girl wandering around or a tiefling, even with your hood up, yeah. might be a little bit suspicious. So you guys make it back into the slums where you, you feel a little bit safer. Uh, Beachy goes, I'm going to I'm gonna hide the loot box here in our hiding spot. And then we got a meeting with the, the, the guys who hired us tonight at the at the. Uh, Oh, she breathes and goes at at the end. We'll we'll meet him there. You guys good? She looks at you and kind of avoids Nort's gaze. I'm good. Good job, guys. Yeah, I I mean I got like nearly thirty gold in there, and Nort goes, yeah, I, f- I found a couple pieces of jewelry that I'm gonna sell for a good bit. So it was, yeah, it's it was a pretty good pull. A little stressful near the end, but still pretty good. So yeah, uh, well, and uh, you you make your way into uh, temper is still asleep, and you make your way back in, and you you probably crash. Oh hell yeah! What do you do with the rapier you found? Let's see. How about we do this real quick? Make a. So I want you to make an arcana roll. So I got a nine, so a ten. Okay, that's that's enough for this. Um, as a tiefling who. Like was in a magical world where people use magic, and you have kind of your own. You know enough about magical items, and after working with Temper, who makes doesn't make magical items, but works with enough steel and everything, you know mm-hmm. that this is probably a magical item that you're gonna have to attune. Gotcha. I would say as you go to bed, you kind of so like you kind of. I'd say you're not exactly sure how to attune it because you never have, but you kind of curl up next to the the sword, the rapier, and <laughs> you have dreams of rainbows and unicorns and... <laughs> God. <laughs> Gag me. And, like, the unicorn horns are basically the shape of the rapier, and you wake up super groggy as um, Temper comes in, and it's like, you're still sleeping! And probably a little bit grumpy because you're not used to your dreams being so bright and cheery. Temper... Because, well, I guess the job went well since you're here and you're clutching a magical sword? Oh, yeah, I, um, I guess I am. I don't know if I'd sleep with a sword. I, and I make them, so, uh, a little kinky, but all right, whatever. <laughs> Something special about this one. Yeah, I, I won't yuck your yum, but, uh, <laughs> I, all right. Uh, he looks at it and he goes, that, that's definitely worth a lot of gold if you wanted to try to hawk that. Kind of eyeballs it. You um, eyeing my goods? <laughs> just like you were eyeing my, my weapons the first day you came into the store. <laughs> you got me there. He says, well, uh, if you want to sleep in today and take the day off, I'll, I'll allow it this time, but don't think you're getting off easy, because tomorrow we'll make up for this. And he kind of he walks out of your room. Thanks. Okay. Uh... So we'll we'll end it there. We got a lot done. This is actually probably a longer session than I've done in a while. For tonight's episode of Adventuring Dimwits and Hyperactive Dragons, our intro and outro music was provided by Parker, another player of ours. And I'm Orion, the DM. Catch you next time.